This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Father, we just thank you uh, for this opportunity and, and this time tonight to come before you with open hearts and to receive your word. So, Father, we trust that just as your word says, as your word comes forth, Lord God, it's going to find good ground in our hearts tonight, Lord God, and produce a hundredfold return in, in, our, in our bodies. So, Father, right now we just receive your healing power for every area of our bodies, for, for our minds, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that we receive your promise into our life, and we thank you that this night it will come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Yes, I w- someone t- stopped and said they missed me last week. And uh, I think all the time, is it because it was kind of quiet in here? You didn't hear my big mouth up here? But uh, uh, I love this. I always love this. We do it in freedom class as well. And um, I love it when, when we just all get into agreement that, you know, this is the Word of God and it, it's, it's for us. So let's hold our Bibles up. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, we will give you a Bible uh, to keep. If you need a Bible, let us know. But uh, we just think it's very important that everyone has an actual Bible uh, for themselves. So let's hold our Bibles up in agreement and repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Now it's winter time, and sometimes, you know, in the winter, you go to crank your car and it doesn't start right away and then you have to do it again. So we're going to prime this pump again. Let's do it again tonight because I want to make sure you really mean it. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. It's God's word to me. me. It strengthens me. It It refreshes me. me. It's medicine to me. me. And I love to read my Bible. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, tonight, I just I, I want to encourage you, you know, if you've heard me teach before, you know, I, I believe in the word of God. I believe it is the most important thing that you have in your life. And uh, if if you put it to use, if you re- really begin to become intentional about making the word of God a priority in your life, I know because I've experienced it and I know because God's true to his word that the word of God will begin to produce in your life. It's the word that brings healing. Not, not, not a minister, not a pastor, not a church, not a, it, it's the word that brings healing. And, and it's so important for each of you to know that there's no one in here who's disqualified from this promise of God in your life. That if you will simply take God at his word and receive his word, healing will begin to manifest itself in your body. If you're dealing with something emotionally like depression or suicidal thoughts or, or whatever, God's healing power can come in that area and, and relieve that pressure and remove it from this day forward. But it all starts with the Word of God. And so, I, I, once again tonight, I want to encourage you in the Word of God, and I want to do it in a different way tonight. I actually want to look at a situation where people made the wrong decision and see how it ended up. Because how many of you know we can learn from people's mistakes? And so let's, let's look in, in your notes. I want to start out in Genesis chapter 3. Um, it's, it, this is the story of, who, you know, a lot of us blame these people for all the issues that we're dealing with today. But it's Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1, and it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, 
For God knows that in that day, you, the, day, the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of the, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord uh, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then the man said, the woman who you gave with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And, uh, you know, nothing is new under the sun. All of us t tend to blame others for our actions, right? But I, I, th I thought this was a very um, appropriate story because we can learn a lot from it. The Bible tells us that the, the, the enemy, the, you know, Satan, that he's very cunning, right? And, and he comes at us subtly and we don't even realize it sometimes. Um, and, and in our case, he comes, us, comes at us with reasonings, with questioning, with doubt and unbelief. You know, we get a diagnosis or, 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 or we come down with something that uh, many people that we, we've known or many people that we've heard of are dealing with the same things. And we begin to buy into another belief system as opposed to what God has told us in his word. The Bible tells us that God heals all diseases, right? Every one. There's not one that that doesn't cover. Yet when we hear certain words, certain names, we go into panic. We go into fear, right? And it's because we've bought into something that's contrary to what God has told us. Uh, when we talk about reasonings and questioning and doubting God, Romans 1.21 says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, it says they did not glorify Him as God. You know, sometimes, you know, even after making Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life, we, we, we can, in our actions, in our responses, respond in a way that, you know what, God, you're the God of my life, the God of my marriage, the God of my finances, but in this area where I'm dealing with sickness, I don't know if you can help me with this. I don't know if your word can really do what it says it can do. And we've got to be very careful because we're making the same mistakes that these individuals made. It says uh, they became futile in their thoughts. We've got to understand that if we're not thinking the right way, it can lead us in the wrong direction. That's why the Bible tells us that we need to be renewed in our minds, that we've got to change our thinking. Yeah, you know, you may have grown up your entire life thinking this certain disease that there's no cure for. But when you come into the kingdom of God, you've got to renew your, your mind to the truth. The facts are that there's no cure to, cure to cancer. The truth in God's word is he heals all diseases. Does that make sense? And so we've got to renew our minds to the truth and disregard what man says. 
Ephesians 4.18 says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that was in them because of the blindness of their heart. You know, if we don't have the right thinking, guys, it can alienate us from the life of God. Separate us completely from it. God's life-giving flows coming out of His Word all the time. But if we're thinking contrary to what His Word says, we can alienate ourselves from that flow. His healing mercies every Wednesday night in healing class are, are, are present and, and they're here for us to receive. But if our thoughts are, yeah, Miss Janet, but that's for you. I, I've been dealing with this for 12 years. What you're doing is you're alienating yourself from that healing flow. God wants His power that resides in His Word to flow into your situation, into your body as well. And so we've got to recognize these things and begin taking action to change them. James 1.22 says, But prove yourselves doers of the Word. And this is the Amplified I'm reading out of. Actively and continually obeying God's precepts, not merely listeners, who hear the Word, but fail to internalize its meaning. You see, when we hear the Word on Wednesdays, when we hear the Word on Sundays, when we hear the Word when we're spending our time at home with the Lord, when we hear that Word, Scripture tells us we need to internalize that Word. Go inward. Begin to reflect on it. Begin to personalize it. And begin to see ourselves in that Scripture. When we see the Scripture that He heals all diseases, Lord, I thank You that You heal every disease that tries to attach itself to my body. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that this scripture belongs to me. It's referring to me. That right now you're at work actively removing everything that doesn't belong. You're causing things that aren't flowing correctly in my body to begin to flow. You're causing organs to function properly. Lord, I thank you. What are you doing? You're internalizing the word of God and making it a part of your situation. Does that make sense, guys? And so... We want to make sure that we learn from this story. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, uh, I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little foolishness. But indeed, you are bearing with me as, as you read this. It says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by, this, by his cunning your minds, uh, that you may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity and pure devotion to Christ. Now, verse 4 says, For you seem willing to allow it if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted. You tolerate all this beautifully, and you welcome in the deception. You really, we, we can welcome in the wrong stuff. We can buy into the wrong things. And that's why it's important to bring this, the Bible, the Word of God. That's why we are very um, consistent in saying, bring the Bible, bring your Word, read your Word. Never take anyone's Word for anything, okay? Never. I love, I love, love, love Pastor Allen, Miss Joy, Miss Janet, Miss Billy. I, I love the people that I sit under in this church and in this ministry. But the Bible tells us all men are fallible, right? And it tells us, I'll put it like this. When I first met my wife, you know, I'm trying to get to know her. She's trying to get to me. And we had this friend who was kind of the go-between. And 
she would come and tell me things and then she would go back and tell my wife some things and then she'd come and tell me things and then she'd go back and tell my wife things. And then all of a sudden I saw my wife like kind of pulling back and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? And what I found out was things were getting lost in translation. And the reality of it is if I was going to be in a relationship with my wife, I needed to come up close and get personal and begin to work on a personal relationship without anyone else in between. And when I did that, a relationship took off. God places us, the scriptures tell us he seats us in the body as it pleases him. So guess what? You're here and a part of the ark church and a part of the healing class for a reason. God sent you here. You may think that you looked down a list of classes and said, you know what? I want to go to healing class and you're here, but God plants us here. When I first came to this church, I thought I was coming here because my job relocated me here. No. God brought me and my family here. And I can tell you, because we were obedient to come and sit and, 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 and receive all the teaching that, we, that you're getting when you come to this class, God has changed our whole entire family. He's brought healing. He's brought peace. He's brought restoration. He has grown, grown every member of my family because we were in the place that God wanted us to be. So you're here because God, God wants you here. And God has some things for you while you're here. Your part is to take what's being taught and then get into the Word of God and begin to build upon that. You understand that? We're in, right now in the middle of a building program. And, and people are saying, when are they going to pour the slab? Or when are they going to do this? And understand, when you're building something, it's important that you have a strong foundation before you start building everything on top, right? And we, under, we understand why. It's the same thing. You're coming to these classes, you're going into the services, and God's building that foundation in your spirit life. And God wants to do something big in your life. But you've got to be consistent. I've got to be consistent with coming here every time you have the opportunity, with getting in the Word every time you have an opportunity. And what, what will begin to happen is, is your foundation will become solid, strong, firm, and, and God can build on that. And you won't be alienated. You won't be led astray. And you'll begin, you'll put yourself in a position to begin to receive God's promises. Does that make sense? And so we want to make sure that we're not being uh, drawn away to the wrong things, that we're not buying into the wrong things either. Uh, if we go back to Genesis, in verse 7, um, what you see is, is their belief in the truth changed. The, the enemy came along and he basically convinced them that, you know what, what God told you wasn't true. That's not true. Here's the truth. And, and we do that in our actions, guys. You hear us week in and week out saying, you know, God cures all diseases. He sent his word to heal them. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. And then, then, then we go to the doctor's appointment and they say, there's nothing else we can do for you. You get what I'm saying? We've got to be firm, knowing that God is God. He does not lie. That the word of God proves true, proves truth for, true for me. And that he's at right now working in my body, bringing about a healing and a cure. And, and there's, that's got to be a conviction. You've got to dig your heels in knowing that God is going to move in your life. Also in, in this passage I pulled out, verse 8 through 10, their perspective of God changed as well. Because if they were fully persuaded and convinced that God was 
who he says he was and that God was true and his word was true, then it didn't matter what the devil would have said because they would have held true to God's, God's words and not made, <laughs> taken those actions and sinned. And we, we've got to hold on to our convictions. We've got to hold on to the word of God. We can't let anything else change our perspective. And if you find yourself, and, I, and I've been there, if you find yourself having doubts or reasoning, that means you need to dig into the word of God even more. Begin to meditate even more. You know, I've said this in this class, other classes, and it's a horrible analogy, but it's probably the best one I can get. But, you know, anytime I read the Word of God, I, I go over it and over it and over it until it becomes a part of me. I used to use papers and index cards. I don't do that anymore, but I just stay in the Word of God. And I likened it how I used to, when I used to eat steak, it used to drive my wife and my kids crazy because they said I, I looked like a cow when I was chewing my steak. But the whole thing was, it was I love steak and I love the flavor in the steak and I wanted to make sure I got every bit of flavor out of it. And so I would cut my piece of steak and I'd put it in my mouth and I'd chew and I'd chew and I'd chew and then I'd move it to the other side of my mouth and then I'd chew some more and chew and chew and then I'd stop for a minute and then I'd move back over to this side of the mouth and chew and chew and my wife's like, will you swallow already? And I'm like, no, I want to get every piece of flavor out of this that I can. I want to savor this. Guys, when we're reading a scripture that can help us, you want to get in that scripture and go over it and over it and over it until you can get everything you can out of it till it becomes a part of you. you make, does that make sense? I remember when, when my doctor told me, you know what, you are clinically depressed. And when I got home, my wife said, well, what are you going to do now that you're depressed? You know, it was, it's a hilarious conversation. Uh, and I said, I don't know. And I remember when I was reading in the Bible, and the scripture says that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And I spent the next several days, weeks, months saying, Lord, I thank you that you've given me soundness of mind, that you've given me a sound mind, soundness of mind. Father, you know what? Your word says you've given me a sound mind. That means, you know what? I don't get anxious anymore. Sound, sound people don't, don't have a problem sleeping at night. And Father, your word says not only am I sound, but you give your beloved sweet and precious sleep. And so, and, and it began to build. It began to become a part of me. And there'd be times I'm sitting there talking to my wife on the, on the sofa and she's talking to me. And I, it got to the point where that scripture became alive to me. The whole God gives his beloved sweet sleep and she's talking and I'm like, ha. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because I received that scripture. I wasn't having the same problems anymore because I embraced God's word and it became a part of me. Does that make sense? A am I lying there? She used to get mad because she said, you know, I'm glad you... You've gotten the word now, but stop falling asleep, you know. <laughs> but God wants his word to work for everybody in this room. But in order for it to work, we've got to receive it. We've got to hold it as true, and we've got to hold on to it no matter what anyone else says. And then in verses 11 through 13 in this passage, uh, God's response to them is, who are you listening to? Sometimes we've got to ask ourselves, who are we listening to? Are we listening to the physicians? Are we listening to uh, Google? <laughs> are we listening to the Mayo Clinic? Are we listening to MD Anderson? Who are we listening to? Are we listening to the Word of God? It's important who you're listening to because whoever you're listening to, what you're basically doing is you're giving them authority over your situation. And that's why we've got to be in the Word of God. You know, I was talking to someone one time um, in one of the classes that I taught, and same message, 
And he says, but man, you keep telling us to read. It's like homework, man. I don't like homework. And I said, you know, all I can tell you, man, is, is my grandmother told me a long time ago, whatever you put into something, you're going to get out of something. That if you make the word, and I said, if you make the word of God a priority and you dig in and you're consistent with it, it will begin to produce in your life. It will. And I said, but you've got to trust God. You've got to step out in faith and trust God. And if you have a challenge reading the word, someone, someone the other day told me when I read the word, I fall asleep. You know, well, stand up. You know, don't sit down. If that's hard, you know, put it on when you're driving to work. Get the word of God going where your ears can hear, where you can begin to, to understand the word of God and watch what will take place in your life. It is that important. So I, I want to look at a few things uh, when we're talking about the word of God. So in Proverbs 4, 20, 22, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health and healing to all of their flesh. It says, give attention to my words. Focus on my words. Keep them before you. Block everything out. You, you've got to give attention. You know, I love my wife. I always, I'm always in denial, but I, I love little kids. I love playing with little kids. I, I just love it. I, I, on a daily basis, I'll come down here to the nursery and I'm high-fiving and playing little kids. Um, and and I, I, I can remember at times when my little girls, or my, they're not little anymore, but when my girls were little, um, I'd have them on my lap and I'd be playing with them. And, you know, my computer would beep or something would happen and I'd turn to give attention to that and they would take my face and turn it back and say, nope, because they wanted me to focus on them. And I'd try to turn back and they'd say, nope, because they wanted my attention. You know, we, we've got to do that with the Word of God. We've got to shut everything else out. The voices, the, the fears, the, the family history. You've got to shut everything out and focus 100% on God's Word. You get one of those resources out there and you go down the list of scriptures and begin to just read them and meditate on them and memorize them and get them on the inside of you. You feel a shooting pain? Huh, you know what? Shut it out. Focus on God's Word. The doctor said, you know what? Uh, shut it out. Focus on God's Word. That's giving attention to God's Word. Focusing on God's Word. And, and, and that's how God wants us to respond uh, to His Word in our lives. We've also got to understand its purpose. You know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 107.20 that He sent His Word to heal us. His Word's here to heal us. That's why it's here. And it's so funny. I grew up in a household for many, many years where this, this Bible sat at the front door on a little table of my grandmother's home, and, and we couldn't touch it because it was the Holy Bible. Well, that, did, that didn't do my family good because the reality of it is most men in my family died, died around the age of 50. I, you know, I, I, I think back and I think, you know, if, if as a family we were making this a priority and giving attention to this, that wouldn't have been the case. And so we've got to understand the purpose of this is that God wants to heal us. He left, he left us the blueprint to receive healing in our lives. And then finally, or, or one of the last two here is we have to have a reverence for God's word. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house would you build for me? And what kind 
can be my resting place. For all these things my hand has made, and so all these things have come into being by and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. It is he who was humble and of a broken spirit, who trembles at my word and reverences and respects my commands. Guys, we have to have a reverence for the word of God and a respect for the word of God. Meaning, one way you can reverence the Lord is to really be attentive and, 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 and be focused and be engaged and, and take it seriously <coughs> and, and hold it as valuable and true. It's not, you know, I, it's so funny. Uh, there, there are times in all of our walk, I believe, where our old nature tries to rise up. I hate it when someone says, it's just a book. No, it's not. It's not just a book. It is the book. The Word of God. And, and, and you know, we, we've got to hold it in regard and, and honor it. Because that's what God would have for us. And then we have to acknowledge that there is authority in God's Word. We talk of authority. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, standing firm and unchangeable. There's an authority. You know, I think about it. You know, there, there are natural things that we have no problem um, acknowledging the authority, right? If you're driving down 45 and you look in your rearview mirror and you see those lights, I don't think anybody in here is going to hit the gas and keep going. No, we're going to stop. We're going to pull over to the side of the road. Why? Because... That individual behind us has authority and they're pulling us over. If you've ever been to jury duty or been to a court for another reason and the, the judge walks in, what do they say? They say, all rise, sign of authority. We're, we're, we're respecting that individual because of the position they hold. Guys, in the same way, this has to hold a high position in your life. And when you can reverence and show authority and honor for this, your life will begin to change. Your situation will begin to change. So here's a couple of stories that we can learn from. In Matthew 8, uh, 5 through 10 and 13, there's a story of the centurion. It says, Now when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you that not, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And in verse 13 it says, And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Only say a word. There's power, guys, in the words that Jesus has spoken. There's power in that. And understand, his word has been spoken over you. I love that. You know, whenever I encounter something in my life, I always go back and remember that when he was on the cross, he said, It was finished. It was finished. What was finished? The healing that I need right now was finished. It was obtained for me that day. It is finished. What's finished? The peace that I need in my life right now, in my mind right now, was obtained that day. And so we've got to understand there's power in God's Word. One more story here. 
Found in Luke 5, 4 through 11, it says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. Many of us think we understand the limitations of what we're dealing with, how to navigate the pain, how to deal with the disease. But understand, when the Lord says something about your situation, irregardless of what you think you know or understand or comprehend, you need to make the decision to choose His way and what He's saying over what you think you already understand and know. You may think, I can manage my life with this. I can deal with this. But God says, no. I want to give you a good life, a satisfying life. And managing a disease is not a satisfying life. Does that make sense? We've got to take God at His word and, and, and hold on to it. Um, I'm getting ready to share a story about someone who wasn't supposed to be in here tonight. Uh, for me, one of my favorite stories about faith and about God's Word, um, I watched my wife walk through something very uh, life-changing for me. She doesn't even know how much of an impact it made on me. But uh, we have three, three babies. And I say babies, but they're not babies. I have a 23-year-old, a 19-year-old today, and a 17-year-old. Is she 17 yet or 16? I'm sorry. Seven. She won't listen to this tape, so it doesn't matter. So, Three babies. So I'll never forget when, when we found out we were pregnant with Jonathan, my first, and uh, we told people our, in our family, we told the church, and I still remember one woman was like, oh my gosh. She looked at my wife, she goes, you're so little. She goes, you're going to die in childbirth. And I'm like, who says that? She goes, you know, no. I was in labor and it was like, some astronomical number, 20-something hours or whatever. And I remember my wife was like, oh, my gosh. She didn't even think about that. And so she's panicking. I'm panicking because I don't know what's about to happen. And, and so time went on, and a minister came and ministered at our church and began to share kind of her story. And, and through this time of ministry, it encouraged Gia to dig into the Word, and Gia found a scripture. And I found that scripture. You didn't even know I found that scripture that you had. And it's found in First uh, Timothy 315 and it says nevertheless she will be saved in childbearing uh, if, if they continue in faith love and holiness and self-control saved in childbearing and so Gia began to tell herself you know what I'm not going to have intense pain in childbirth and then she took it a step further which freaked me out she goes I'm not even going to take drugs I'm going to have natural childbirth and I remember thinking are you sure <laughs> she goes nope I'm trusting God. I'm standing and believing God. And, and I mean, it was down deep on the inside of her. And, and she, we talked about this. Some people don't even believe the story, but I was there. So here we are with Jonathan. You know, um, he, he was due weeks, two weeks earlier, or he was overdue, right? Three days late. Three days late. Okay, I'm sorry. And so they said they were going to induce. So we went into the hospital and uh, they were going to induce. So we are literally sitting in recliners having a conversation talking and the nurse comes in and says uh let me check you sweetheart and she comes in she lifts up the little blanket that was on my wife's lap and my son is like right there and I literally said I was like oh my gosh what is that 
and, and the nurse hits a button, doctors come running in and nurses come running in. And it was like just fast paced. Like the baby came, like she gave birth and didn't even know it. And I'm like, okay, that can't happen again. Fast forward, baby number two. She's got this scripture on the inside of her. She knows that she doesn't have to have pain in childbirth. So at the time I was working nights, long hours. And so I got home one morning, it's about five in the morning, Gia. And I, I laid down. For me, it felt like a minute, but she said I was down for a little bit. And she tapped me. She says, Derek, Derek, it's time. And I remember telling her, no, I just went to sleep. It's not time. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 it, the baby's coming. And so, you know, we got in the car and we're driving down Loop 1604 in San Antonio. And needless to say, basically, we didn't make it to the hospital. So all I remember was a school bus full of kids and my wife and the seat going back and my baby girl coming out in the car. No drugs, no pain. Baby number three. <laughs> I'm at a kids camp with a bunch of kids in Columbus, Texas. My wife's in San Antonio and that's around the time when she was due but, but, but the baby was supposed to be there a little later. And I remember it was morning chapel. I go up and get the kids. We go into the the uh, main hall and I remember the, the the leader of the camp gets up to greet the people like she did every every camp morning and she gets up there and gets the mic and she goes um Derek Thompson is Derek Thompson in here and I remember thinking what did these kids do did they break something or <laughs> what is going on I'm, I'm like fussing at them like if I find out you did something I'm calling your parents you know so I get up there and I'm just what's about to happen and so she calls me up she goes uh, let everybody give Derek a hand. He's doing a great job down in San Antonio with uh, the church. And he goes, and she says, and he doesn't realize that his wife is in full-blown labor right now uh, back in San Antonio. And I'm like, what? And so they got me a car and everything, and I was able to race back. But my, my, on the flip side, my wife is in San Antonio, ready to go, ha ready to have a baby. Doctor said she's ready. She's ready to push. And my wife says, nope, I will not have a baby until my husband gets back home. And the doctor says, ma'am, you don't understand. You have no control over this. And she says, yes, I do. And, and so sh as soon as she said that, she said, all contractions stopped. And the doctor's like, this doesn't happen. Like she was ready, I mean, to give birth. And so the doctors are like, well, we're gonna monitor you. And contractions never started back up. And so they sent her home. I'm driving back into town. As soon as I get into town, not long after traction started back up, I put her in the car, went back to the hospital, and she had the baby. Why? Because she found the scripture, she stood on the word, and it proved true in her life. She didn't have to have pain in childbirth. Why? Because she found the scripture that worked for her. Does that make sense, guys? Her faith isn't any greater or better than yours. She just knows God's word proves true. And so she stepped out in faith on God's word. And that's what God wants us to do. Psalms 119, 42 and 43 says we are to trust and hope in God's word. Psalm 119 and 86 says God's word proves true and it's trustworthy. It says all your commandments are faithful. They're faithful. Psalm 119, 138 says your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and faithful. Psalm 119, 160 says, the entirety of your word is truth. 
and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. And then here's, this is one of my favorites. I've been saying this for the last two years. Proverbs 30 and 5 says, every word of God proves true. And just a, a little peek in, into my world, when I'm dealing with something in my life, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, what, whatever it is, I, I just, when, as I'm praying, Lord, I thank you that every word of God, every word that's in your scripture, every word proves true in my life. Every word, that it's faithful. Jesus' promise about Scripture, in John 10, 35, it says, Scripture cannot be broken. And then in Matthew 5, 18, it says, I can guarantee this truth. Until the earth and heaven disappear, neither a period nor a comma will disappear from the Scriptures before everything has come true. God wants everything in His Word to come true in your life. You and I have to, to do the work in establishing within ourselves that God's word is the first and final authority in our lives. That God's word is for me. And that if I will put in the work to learn his word, to get his word on the inside of my spirit, that it will begin to produce itself in my life. And guys, I tell you, if you will do that, it will work for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, for your promises. And Lord, we acknowledge that they always prove true and they are faithful. So Father, I thank you that your word as it came forth tonight fell on good ground and that it will produce in the lives of each and every person here tonight. Lord, we thank you. We, we, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you, Lord God, for not giving up on us. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do for us in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.